it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today is always the man behind the Twitter, the other half of his operation. If it's his voice of reason, it is Scott. We are coming off the morning after AEW Full Gear 2021. And boy, was it a show. Yes, yeah, sir. We have some stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, wasn't the worst show I've seen. It was great though. It was good. We got we got definitely some gri- I want to say gripes, just critiques, um, constructive criticism, if you may. Yeah. So before we get into, it, I want to talk about a couple things. First and foremost, um, right around the time around 11 p.m., 8 p.m. Pacific time, New Japan's uh, Battle in the Valley event was going on, and I want to bring this up because we didn't get to watch it. It's going to be tough when I'm going to watch it, but I think there are things here that are going to affect AEW, especially with some things happening on Dynamite this week. So, first and foremost, the dark match they had Bullet Club, Chris Bay, and Hikaleo defeating DKC and Kevin Knight. Josh Alexander defeating Yuya Irma. I hope I pronounced that right. Straight Dog Army, uh, Bateman and Mysterioso defeating Violence Unlimited, Brody King, Chris Dickinson. Um... Fred Rosser, Dave Finley, Rocky Romero, Alex Coughlin, and Alex Zane defeated Team Filthy of Tom Lawler, J.R. Kratos, Danny Limelight, Jarrell Nelson, and Royce Isaacs. I feel like they're using the dojo, a lot of dojo talent here right. to you know, grow the names. Um, Clock Connors and what? Does that make sense? Would be, especially since they're really trying to push the U.S. market right now. Right. Um, Clock Connors and Carl Fredericks defeated United Empire of Jeff Cobb and TJP. Will Ospreay, who's in the States, Mm. in the States, Mm. I'm going to emphasize that because, you know, things are happening right now, Um, defeated Ren Narita. Moose defeated Juice Robinson. Okada defeated Buddy Matthews. Mm. But I have a feeling that's a slobber knocker of a match. Oh, my God, I know. And main event, Tomohorishi defeated and is now the new Neverweight Open, the Never Openweight Championship uh, champion, uh, defeating Jay White. So, wow. Yeah. Ishii's one of those guys who I think needs to be the IWGB heavyweight champion at some point. He's just so good. Cannot ignore him. But we'll get into some of that a little later. I want to talk about Scott's favorite part of this whole show. Scott. <laughs> 
Um, as you know, we have the guys from above, uh, back to the ring, you know, another Ship It Studios podcast where they take your favorite matches of past time and put new wrestlers in there and rebook them, see if the matches would have the same outcome. Mr. Zach and Riddler were on, and they gave us our picks. And Scott is, I think we're at the point where we might need to do like a fantasy league at some point with maybe a belt. I don't know. Just an idea I'm thinking about throwing out there. Just, just, just throwing out there, see if it sticks. Um, but yeah, we have our results. We do. This was, this was a, uh, see, I, I love being able to do these picks with multiple people because you can get results all over the place. So for those of you who listen to our, you know, our go home show, and if you haven't, please go ahead and do so. And then listen to this one again, just so you have the full, you know, spectrum of, of opinions. Um, I made some rather risque picks, and they came back to bite me in the ass. But that's okay. It is what it is. So our winner for uh, Full Gear was Mr. SLB himself. Sam, congratulations. Finishing with a record of 10-2, and two, only missing out on two matches that we actually all, all four of us, missed out on. But that's okay. So coming in second was Mr. Zach. At seven and three. Now, I know you'd be saying, wait, why does Sam have extra points? Well, that poll that we put out when Back to the Ring did their um, their latest podcast, which we were actually a part of, uh, going back and redoing WrestleMania 17's TLC 2 match, Sam and I actually won that poll, giving us an extra two points going into this. And actually, if you think about it, if Mr. Zach had made one different pick, those two points would have been the real, you know, like deal, not deal breaker, but the real, um, <laughs> we're giving Sam the win just flat out. But Mr. Zach coming in at seven and three, myself actually came in at six and six because of my two picks that I made that were a little risky and did not pay off. And Riddler, unfortunately, pulling up the rear at four and six. So, I went back and I looked at all of our picks that we've made together. And I know there was, you know, some hinting at possibly maybe a title belt coming out for Ship It Studios to see who would reign supreme. And our records as of right now is myself, the Riddler, and now Sam at two wins apiece. And unfortunately, poor Mr. Zach in last with nothing. So there's still some time left before maybe somebody gets crowned champion. But it's getting good, folks. Yes. This is exciting. Um, it actually gets us a little more invested. So next weekend, we have a Survivor Series. Well, this weekend, we have Survivor Series. Who's going to watch it? Probably just Scott. Probably just I me. might. <laughs> I'm, like, so iffy. I want to, but, uh, you know, I'm all over the place myself. True. But maybe we should put some. We'll talk about that off the air. I think I have an idea. I want to propose to you and i don't want to do it because i'm on top it would be kind of unfair (laughs) to go hey whoever we'll we'll talk about it after let's (laughs) get right into this pay-per-view um first and foremost shout out to the amazon fire stick fuck you (laughs) you told me there was a new bleacher report app i hit the button to download it A half hour later, it still says processing. Ouch. 
my buddy John Lipinski, he luckily streamed it from his phone. I was bullshit, let me tell you. And I don't think it's the app because the fire stick. I mean, I mean, I bitch, bitch just got about it all the time. The fire stick just sucks. And the problem is, you think in 2021, this is my, I'm going to go off on a tangent quickly. You think in 2021, especially with like a PS5, the new Xbox, the Switch, all these apps would want to be covered across the board. I would be like, hey, yeah, you know, I know Nintendo's a little iffy because Nintendo's like, we're a gaming system. But you know, if I could get my Sling TV on there to watch Rampage in my free time, not complaining. I mean, it's, it's not a do or die thing, but there's so many platforms out there. And maybe they're deals. I don't know. Maybe they have contracts. They, these need to be on multiple fucking devices. They shouldn't have this problem with a fire stick, which is primarily for this kind of content. Yeah. Bullshit. So, that being said, maybe it's Bleacher Report. I don't know. Uh, maybe next time I'll just go through Fight TV. I think Fight TV is on PlayStation, if I'm not mistaken. It should be. Yes. <sighs> that being said, kicked off the night. Tag team match. Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rose are taking on defeating Jamie Hayter and Nyla Rose. This is quite a quite a good opener. Uh, Jamie Hayter um, looks like she dyed her hair because I every time she comes out, I say, it's faux Becky Lynch. Right, this time yeah. It wasn't orange and I'm like it's not faux becky lynch <laughs> i think she she heard enough and she's like nah screw this guy screw this but this was good you know thunder rosa delivered as always hikaru shida nyla looked good too um jay it just this was fun this was this was a fun opener yeah um and i'll be honest with you i didn't know who i wanted to take the belt off of brit in the future i'll tell you thunder rosa might be one of the most over women because yep. I've been paying attention, and a lot of the, there's a lot of women out there that I don't get. Brit, Brit gets the biggest pop. No, right. I'm going to rephrase that. Aubrey Edwards, when I'm in Boston, she probably got one of the biggest pops when I was there. Britt Baker, Ty gets it. Mm-hmm. A couple others I can't think about right now. Ruby Soho. But Thunder Rosa, you know, we don't get to see her often, but when she does, she comes out with fire. Yeah. Um, also, I want to point out, I didn't realize it. There were times in this match where I thought Vicky Guerrero was mic'd up and realized she wasn't, even though she sounded louder than the commentary team. That That's, that's Vicky. That is just Vicky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, and I mentioned Vicky. I want to bring this up before we get any further. You'll, there were tributes throughout the night. So, the day of this pay-per-view, it was the 16th anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's death, which was, you know, it was heartfelt. I'm like, okay, maybe we'll see some kind of tributes. And then one of my friends told, my friend I was with told me, he died in Minneapolis, where this pay-per-view took place. And the building they were in was where his tribute show happened. Yep. And I was like, heartfelt moment. Probably a reason why they couldn't do like a direct tribute, but a lot of wrestlers did. Yeah, which was nice. Um, but yeah, I great great opener, going right into arguably what for me might be, ugh, this one's tough. 
This might be contender for match of the pay-per-view. The opening match. Yeah. Yeah. MJF was... with Darby Allen. Yeah, this one was real good. First and foremost, you got I mean, Darby Allen, he's not a high flyer. He's just a and he's not a hardcore wrestler. He's just a high risk taker. Yeah. But there was a lot of mat wrestling here. There this was. was very technical. Yeah. Well, I mean, MJF was attacking Darby's, you know, technical prowess throughout the the build for this for this match. So it's only, you know, it, it, I wouldn't say it was obvious, but I had hoped that they would throw some more technical, you know, mat wrestling into this, and they certainly did. It was like one of the opening, um, not segments, but one of the op- opening sequences that they did all the different mat wrestling like stuff I, I've seen a lot of times before, but it's still as impressive every single time uh and the crowd just popped for it they're all standing ovation clapping and it was it was a great way to really kick off this pay-per-view yeah yeah cool cool what i really liked about this and they're gonna be people who are gonna bitch but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna i want to put the precedent out there this match was great and there were no shenanigans up until the end. Right. Which is and kind it, of how I hoped it would have been. And and I'm glad it did. It delivered that way. And I think I said. I'm, I, the thing with MJF and him as a heel. And what's great about a good heel. Is when they get over. Somebody like Darby who is over. Mm-hmm. It's just that much more buying. Power, just that much more. Another. 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 Mark. Oh yeah. I defeated Chris Jericho. I defeated Darby Allen. I've defeated this person, Sammy Guevara. I've defeated this person. I've defeated this person. It doesn't matter. They can lose every other match on the planet, but when they start getting those those notches that are higher on the totem pole, and especially what we kind of talked about in the pre-show, where MJF needs his rise so he can become champion down the road. Right. Y- y- him as a heel champion... Maybe better than Kenny Omega. From a heel standpoint, yes. Yes. MJF is a different style of heel than what than what the Kenny Omega is. Um, I also like the fact that now MJF has a victory over the other three pillars of AEW now. Uh huh. So he's gonna take that material and run with that for months, and it's gonna be lovely. <laughs> Also, a lot of cl- a lot of near falls in this match, and the mm. one I really want to point out was this fucking roll they started doing, like they were a ball. Yeah. And it, <laughs> the crazy thing is, it didn't look sloppy. They just started moving very fluidly around the ring, yep. and I'm like, this is in- uh, uh, this might be my top ten for the year. This could be this could be a top ten contender. This was just a lot of fun. I loved it. And going further down the road, you know, as we talked through this pay-per-view, I said when I, last night, everybody who's one of these four pillars we're now talking about, mm-hmm. they made them shine. Yeah. They're starting to they're, – they're no longer pillar. They're starting to be, be the foundation. Right. You need a good foundation. And yeah. also, we had that quick moment with Dante Martin, somebody who I would argue would be the fifth pillar. Mm-hmm. Could use some mic work, sure. But in ring, flawless. Yeah. So following that, 
And this is something that I, I'm, I'm all over the place here, but like the last time, couple of times I've watched, and this is, this isn't a critic, you know, this is just my, you know, personal opinion. When I, last few times I've watched the WWE pay-per-views, you kind of can feel out how the card's going to go. Mm. Everything's like, okay, Roman Reigns is the main event. This match is going to be here. This one's going to be about midway, but this will be the long one. This will be the 20 to 30 minute match. You know, this will probably open. You kind of get a feel. Yeah. And the thing here is there is not there is not a match I looked on this card initially where I was just like, this is going to be the second and the last match. This one's going to be the second. This one, the, the, You knew Hangman and Kenny were going to be the main event. Yeah. They they make that almost a strong point minus the stadium stampede matches or the unsanctioned matches. Right. With that, the title is the main event. Mm-hmm. As it should be. But the rest of the matches, like most of them are like, this could be the second or, you know, the second or third last match of the night. Yeah. The whole card was like that. So when we went into the, the, ta- the tag title match next, which was another fun match. It was. Uh, just Tully Blanchard getting involved at his age the way he does. He's not that physical, but he just you know grabbing the legs and just some of the crazy stuff. We I, I don't think I've ever seen Alex Abrahantes get this involved too. He seemed to no, get that's, a little... yeah. Normally he's just yelling at you know at ringside and getting the crowd pumped, but yeah, getting physically involved and almost brawling with with Tully. It was. Yeah, it was fun to see. I'm glad that he's, you know, they're either they're allowing him to do it or he's maybe just feels comfortable enough to actually get involved. It's 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 cool to see. Um unfortunate result for me anyways, but um I'm okay with Lucha Brothers taking on and defeating FTR to retain their uh, AEW World Tag Team Championships. But now we still have the question of the AAA titles because now they're one to one against one another. Will we have a winner take all match? Maybe. That would be it. I would think that'd be a good way to finish it. Or I know for a fact, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stray a little bit. I know um, there's another Triple Mania event coming up that we're already talking about. One that's not canceled by the cartel. Yes, Scott. Yeah, that. Um, which one is it? Not you. Immortal Heroes 14. No, is this the event? Oh, this is not a Triple Mania event. Or it technically is? What? Nope. Nope, that's the pay-per-view chronological. I want the Triple Mania. It's an upcoming... December 4th. I think that was the one that the cartel threatened actual violence against innocent people if they didn't cancel. Breaking news, folks. So. <laughs> the cartel are bad people. <laughs> so, you know, you talk about one and one. FTR and the Lucha Brothers are wrestling for the AAA titles at this event. Mm. Which, like I did with... um. With Triple Mania 29, I believe, I was able to find it on YouTube because AAA is not in the States. Mm. So, you know, Kenny Omega is also defending his 
his belt, you know, the AAA mega title down there too. Will he lose it? I don't know. We'll find out. But so there's your third match, Scott, right okay. there. All right. I'll take it. But uh, Lucha Brothers from day one. And I was, I was, I know, Sam, back in the day, Lucha Underground, you know, Ray Phoenix and <laughs> Pentagon Jr. Yeah. I didn't I, say it this time, folks. I didn't say it. <laughs> I'll never forget seeing people, people got to remember. And I know this was, I mean, it was four years ago now, three, three years ago, three years ago, where Kenny Omega took on Pentagon Jr. Who, if you watch the VTE episode, he goes, I got to wrestle the crazy guy from impact. Like, and he, that was my first impression of him. And he was incredible. And now we got him and his brother. Ray is, and I hate when people do this, but I'm going to say it. There are very few luchadors that I've seen that I can compare to Rey Mysterio. Yeah. As Rey he's Mysterio. He's he's up there. And he's so yeah. talented. And I don't know if it was this match or Jungle Boy. Maybe it was Jungle Boy. But even, Ray Phoenix, he climbs those ropes. And I kept saying all night, oh, dude, I just turned 30 and I can't get out of bed like that at 8 a.m. Like, <laughs> but th- this, in FTR, FTR keeping like, traditional tag team wrestling alive like they just when i go back and watch 1980s 1990s tag team matches that are like classics mm. like the heart foundation or you know was it the bolsheviks who's the russian tag team i'm thinking of with nikolai volkov oh uh, i know who you're talking about but but, but either way like good tag teams great tag te- it just it just uh these two tag, I could, they might be the two best tag teams. Young Bucks will shoot me if I say that, but they might be the two best tag teams in the co- company. So next up, and I got a lot of questions on this one, Scott, and I know you mm. do too. Mm. Brian Danielson and Miro. Fun fact about this: I think Brian Danielson said, or Daniel Bryan, depends on what part of the commentary you were listening to at that point in time. <laughs> How many times did he do it? Like five times? Well, let's, okay. So the one thing I will make the argument, I know a lot of people like, first of all, he is old. He, you know, he just got diagnosed with skin cancer, which really shouldn't affect his mind. But Brian Danielson probably has the most confusing name out of anybody coming over from WWE. It's true. John Moxley was Dean Ambrose. Right. Like. I, I can understand, like, maybe the very beginning. You might accidentally call him Dean. Because, you know, he's been Dean. He'd been Dean for a while. But, yeah, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, it's very interchangeable. Especially when we've called him Daniel Bryan for how many years now? A long time. Yeah. A long time. So your brain gets trained to it. And, like, I we do it. Yeah, I've, yeah, we've done it on this podcast multiple times. But it's just, it happens. It's just. At this point, it's just comical. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate him for it. I'm like, it is what it is. Jr.'s called Daniel Bryan matches, so it happens. But it, it was just, it was just comical to see. Like we said, trying to start a counter for it every single time. <laughs> and I think even Tony Schiavone did it once too. And like, ah, oh, it's, it's spreading. <laughs> but this was good. This is exactly. Um, Again, I keep saying it. I keep saying it. Out of anybody I've seen come over 
come over from WWE or even in general, Brian Danielson has not had a bad match. True. Like Christian Cage has pretty much been solid. Mm-hmm. Dustin Rhodes has been pretty solid. Mm-hmm. But Danielson's matches has always been the kind of like. I'm going to put my phone down for this one. And I sit there and I stare at the TV. And I just like, it's just, I get so enthralled. Especially with some like Miro. You know, I yeah. think he, he admitted during the um, kind of how he got sidetracked. In the promo video, he was like, I've never defeated Miro. Yeah. As soon as I heard that, I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> I'm like, why didn't I watch this promo before I made my picks? <laughs> but because you and I, this is kind of like with Danielson and Omega. Well, you and I were like, he can't lose his first match, and the champion can't lose, and you can't have shenanigans. Yep. This was very because I was kind of I'm like, how they got? There's no way Danielson's gonna tap. Right. And there's no way Miro's getting pinned. Yep. And again, slobberknocker. They kept kicking the shit out of each other and kicking the yeah. shit out of each other, and finally Miro just passed out. Yep. Tactical submission. So. This is going to be this this is like probably the best way they ended this match. Yeah, I agree. Um I just now my brain just can't stop thinking about how Miro is going to get revenge. But yeah, now he's on a tirade. Right. Now, will he blame God for this or will he blame Brian, you know, Brian for this? That that's that's the fun part. Or will he bra- blame uh, my, my wife? No, he'll never play. He just, he still can't go home. (laughs) So, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. I, he's, he's going to be, he's a monster right now, but he's only going to get crazier. He's going to get insane. Love it. Love it. This is what, this is what a WWE should have let him do. Just, just be a monster. And they tried to. And then of course, Rapidu Rock walked around and well, that's, you know. John Cena. Oh, you're the foreigner. You got to lose. That's true. Especially yeah. at WrestleMania when you come down with a goddamn tank. <sighs> no, but you know, we, we should we should know this by now. When whenever there are people who come down to the ring with tanks, they end up losing their match. Right, boys? We'll red back to the ring. Y'all should know that how that feels. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Shots fired. So following that match, (laughs) we had this Falls Count Anywhere match. Christian Cage and Jurassic Express taking on the super click. Wild. I didn't know what to expect with this match, and I was so, so very happy about it. This was a lot of fun. You got to see the best of everybody. Mm. Uh, I did like... I, I noticed there were definitely a lot of times where Christian Cage would show up and he kind of s- stayed in the back a little more. Let, you know, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus kind of do a lot. Like, I felt like he was trying to, you know, hand things over to Jungle Boy, which if you noticed a couple of times with the concerto, mm. Jungle Boy had an issue doing it. You know, Christian Cage kind of like, he didn't shrug him off, but like, he just like looked at him. No, first time he gave him the chair and he's like, come on, just 
do it. He yeah. Do it. And then the second time he asked for the chair, and then he's like, forces it at him and like smacks him on the back. And I'm like, they won still. But for me, that's an, that's that's enough to ruffle some feathers. Definitely some frustration there. So it's yeah, it'll be. I actually missed that. Like you, you when you pointed it out to me, I was just like, oh shit, you are correct. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see if this leads anywhere or if this is just a red herring. We'll see. Yeah, no, there was just there was so much going on here. You had the thumbtacks in the mouth, and they did the you know the the super click thing with the. There was a lot of this. This is exactly what I. Oh, I can't forget the fucking spot where Christian jumps off the platform. Yeah. <laughs> he's like going to jump off like the barrier. And he's like, no. And he starts walking up the stairs and more. The oldest, one of the old, probably the oldest guy in any matches tonight. Yeah. And he takes the biggest fall. Yeah. I would say for me, the only thing that might have topped that was the shooting star press that Luchador did. And then Jungle Boy's reaction to it. I think that like 20 seconds was probably some of the greatest things I've ever. Just the reaction was fantastic. Jungle Boy was just like, oh, what? Now, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this at the end of this. But we talked about the super click and the elite being a thing. And there are definitely things that happened. We thought they were going to win because they just got Adam Cole. And that was another thing. We had a lot of fun moments with um, Cole and Jungle Boy. Yep. Really, really pushing that feud still. Um, I wonder if there's cracks in the elite. Because they lost this match and there were other things. We'll talk about that shortly. Also, also, kind of ridiculous. This isn't like, this is one of those critiques, but it's one of those funny moments where. So the Full Gear set, a little different this year. It actually reminded me of a New Japan set. Looks very New Japan-ish. I was not, I was not impressed. I wasn't, to be honest. The way they had like the the steel beams and whatnot, that's very similar to what New Japan looks like sometimes, like during Dominion or some of their other shows. What that also reminded me of was old school WCW as well. Yes. Yes. But going back to that, so we had the set with the barriers. And there was a couple I forgot who it was somebody's like, you know, Jungle Boy starts climbing it. It's like, Jungle Boy's starting to climb into the rafters. And he goes, one peg, two peg, and then the gear's right there. Yeah. And I'm like, womp, womp. (laughs) Well, we still got the Panama Sunrise spot, so that that still works. We did. We did. Yeah, this is one of the losses we had. I'm not upset with it. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm interested because now this could change the whole dynamic and storytelling going forward. True, true. Especially since Adam Cole introduced a buddy of his on Dynamite. And now, you know, why would Adam Cole want to be friends with people who don't know how to win? Hmm. Adam Cole's an undisputed player, my friends. (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know. And there are, you know, there are rumors that other certain individuals' contracts might be coming up in the next month or so. And we'll have to see if, if that's, you know, an undisputed, you know, idea or who knows. Could be, uh, could be interesting. Yeah. Will be. This is this is one of those things where I think my, what we're expecting is going to change, and it's it's it could be really good. It could be yep. really good. Yeah. So, following that, we had Cody Rhodes and Pac defeating Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. I want to make note that on the Wikipedia page, because you know this is what I was going off of. Cody Rhodes and Pac with Arn Anderson defeated Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. With Jose, the assistant. Yep. They, they, I, I read this and I'm like, they made that very particular. Right. Well, I mean, Jose did get involved. He did. Multiple times during this match. And, you know, Glock Anderson himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good old Glock. So this one, this one, I think, was the other loss for us. Yes. Well, I think for you. <laughs> All the rest me. of us lost a lot more often, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, it happens. You know, it's, some of us are just that good. Um, it's all about that boom. So, this was not a bad match. It had yeah. its moments. Um, This was the match where I was certain if Wyndham Rotunda was going to show, it would have been in defense of Malachi and Andrade. I feel like that would have been a... Yeah. But it didn't happen. There was a lot of tension between Pac and Cody. And surprisingly enough, between Black and Andrade. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like this match and the next match would just felt a little weird. Yeah. The 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 good thing is I like how Pac got the pin. Yes. That's what I thought was very important. Pac got the pin here. They didn't give it to Cody. If it was Cody, I think the place would have fucking ripped shit. But also, oddly enough, FTR come out. No, Dax came out and then runs back. This is the match I'm thinking of, right? Yeah. 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 There's this. There's a lot of stuff going on with the pinnacle and with Andrade. And Malachi, it's added, like I said, this this the next like half hour, like starting with this match was just weird. <laughs> well, and what's crazy is like I, um, I do like watching Cody in the ring. I know where I know where the go away heat is coming from, but he's 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 a good wrestler. He, he you're is. promised a good match, but everyone in this match is liked for the yeah. most part, and it just it was weird. It was really weird, and I was expecting this to potentially be a sleeper. Yeah, it just just wasn't, unfortunately. Just yeah. Yeah, and next, and same with the next one, which I we expected to be incredible, especially after her having that last bout at All Out. That mm. was fire. Yeah. So Dr. Burt Baker, DMD, taking on and defending and retaining the women's title against Ty Conti. Weird one, Scott. 
I felt like this match was about five minutes too long. And the crowd seemed completely out of it, which is unfortunate as well. Um, I don't know. It was just, yeah, like things didn't really flow all that. I shouldn't say all that well, but there were times where it was a little sloppy. And I don't know, like the crowd was hot to start for it. Like Tyconte comes out with like this war paint on and just looked like she was just ready for war. And it just, I don't know. It just didn't click, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. No, this is... And we'll see what happens with, uh, I think, Thunder Rosa. I don't think it's... T- I don't know. There's just sometimes these matches fall fall flat. I don't know if it's... They could use some better trainers on the women's end sometimes. Because even, like I said, Ty, incredible in the ring. Anna Jay, incredible. Britt Baker, incredible. Thunder Rosa, Hikaru Shida. I don't know if there's just a little more training. You know, I don't want to say training, but like, I don't know. This, this, this again. This match was one of those where I was super excited for, it and it kind of was just like, yeah, sigh. It was, it was, it was there. It really didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the pre-show match was better. Yeah. The women's for the women's side, yeah, which was which was unfortunate. So, but hey, it is what it is. You can't always have complete bangers twenty four seven. So, it happens. Well, don't you know, Scott? You know, when you have bad matches like this, this means AEW's on the on the downfall. It means the That's company's right. shown its cracks. They're in it's the over. <laughs> Vince is going to buy the company. That's right. This pissant company is not going to last more than another month. Then Nick Khan's going to release them all. That's right. Because that's what he does best. Really and then we're going to sign people like Kevin Hart and, uh, you know, the, the, the remains of uh, Stephen Hawkins. Because that's entertainment, my friends. Rage. <laughs> However, it does pick up. It does pick up after this. So following that match, we had CM Punk taking on and defeating Eddie Kingston. This match was the emotional fight of the night. That backhand, before the match even started, I was like, this is going to be over in five seconds. <laughs> I was so pumped. I'm like, I'm going to win because I'm the only one that picked Eddie Kingston. I just had a feeling. And plus, Punk didn't have pants on. He had his trunks. So I was like, I have a chance. <laughs> I was I was actually convinced at one point Eddie Kingston was going to go over on this one. However... This this was incredible. This was great. The thing is, I feel like this isn't over because CM Punk still tried to out, hand out. Yeah. Eddie Kingston still walked away. I don't think yeah. this is over. No. This wasn't an 11-minute brawl. That's really what it was. And you got to kind of keep in mind with people like CM Punk and Brian Danielson, they're still fresh in the company. And with their star power right now, I don't know how long of a window you give them to keep winning. I mean, even Christian Cage, you know, he was winning for a long time. And then, you know, he had the, the second match with Kenny and then. That's it. Yeah. So. This was expected, but I loved it. We don't get enough of Eddie. We don't get enough Eddie Kingston. Yeah. And I also. And I know some people might get nasty with me 
when they hear this, but I'm going to throw something out there for you guys. At one point I sat there and I looked at Scott or I texted Scott and I was like, plot twist, fucked up. This would have been like a Vince thing. Fucked up. But it might have done some interesting storytelling to push them heel. What if Moxley never was actually going into rehab and treatment just so Eddie Kingston could get the win over CM Punk? The only the only thing that I thought about with that after after we talked about it was that where where does it tie in with Moxley and Punk though? Like there would have to have been a reason other than just wanting to help your friend win. I think that was the only thing I was thinking of afterwards. And you're right, that would totally be a Vince thing. They, yeah. That would be something Vince would try to pull. I I really don't know. They there's a lot here that they're bringing in from old Ring of Honor storylines right now. That's true, too. This was the fight 15 years in the making. Everyone's like, I didn't even know these people knew each other till about three months ago. Right. Like That's why people need to do their homework. They do. They need to watch Ring of Honor in that tape library that's up for sale. And all Tony Khan, I don't know if you saw that article. Quick, quick. Tony Khan made a comment. They asked him, and he goes, he goes, I know a lot of people over there, and we're going to see what's best for business. There you go, Sam. Yeah. Curious. Really curious. But also, uh, at this point, so at the beginning of the pay-per-view, they announced that Orange, or is it, I, I don't know if it was Rampage, they announced Orange Cassidy is going to have a mystery partner on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And my first thought is, it's Okada. Now, when you looked at the Battle in the Valley card, I didn't realize, like, half of Chaos is in the States right now. Right. We're not getting Okada. We're getting Tomohiro Ishii. Or Tomohiro Ishii. Tom- Tomohiro Ishii. Um, which is super exciting. He, again, he's another talent. I He needs to be IWGP champion at some point. I feel... I'm super excited. Get more New Japan guys. But now with the whole chaos thing, we had Rocky Romero, we had Tomohiro Ishii over here now. I'm wondering if they're milking this. Maybe. What if we milk it until after the Tokyo Dome? I mean, if I was to show a primetime audience in the United States... If I wanted to really sell the product, I want to send over the champion at some point. It's true. And not to knock anybody else who's been champion. I love Naito. I love Shingo Takage. I love Kota Ibushi. Even Okada's appearance, whether he's dressed up uh, to the nines in a suit, or he comes out with the jacket and the belt. Every anime freak and their brother is going to be like, yeah, I'm invested. I need right. this. And yep. you do need it. Because you don't know what's about to happen. I know. So I think they're milking the time frame for Okada to show up. Need a big moment. 
Need a big moment for him to show up. a booking for you scott all right i'm listening let's say i don't know if okada is technically a heel or a face i still don't have that down pat over in japan all the club obviously heels let's say he's a heel and he shows up okay and he has just chaos sprinkled around him and he's wrestling Adam Page for the AEW title hypothetically mm-hmm. and Chaos gets involved and with certain things that have happened somebody comes out because they're about to do something to Hangman and it's lo and behold somebody came to his senses and it's Kenny Omega to oh, save my Hangman. oh my god <laughs> And you get Okada and Hangman face to face. I'm pushing Okada Omega Five. This this Okada Omega Five is going to happen in the states. The need to give it 45 minutes to an hour. It needs mm-hmm. to happen. I no. want this match to end at 59:59. <laughs> what if this? Oh my God, I'm 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 hyping myself up, Scott. <laughs> What if? Because you got to remember, we had those those three matches were drawn out, and they weren't like really storylines either. Well, it was. You know, Kenny won the G one, goes to the well the Tokyo Dome, loses. Next, they have a match at Dominion. I don't know what the stipulation was there. Kenny won that. No. They were tied one and one. And then they wrestle at G1 the following year. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't wrestle each other till the following Dominion in 2018. Yeah. And it's not like it was a long time start. It was, it was just like... It just came... Because... I'm not sure if you ever saw the promo video of that where, you know, Okada, I forgot who he beat and he's going through the list. I go, oh, I've, you know, beaten everyone, beaten this person, I've beaten Kenny, I've done that. I lost to Kenny. I did that, won this person. And he paused and he goes, Kenny! And he calls Kenny out because now he's tied one to one. With a and a tiebreaker in five one one one, yeah. He's gonna finally get the. Oh, so it took a long time. So imagine this, three year in the making, Scott. And imagine where else would it better happen than their potential flagship pay per view in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm like hot and bothered now. I have to put up a fence later. So, <laughs> wow, we totally got distracted. I don't even know how I got into that. Oh, yeah, we're talking about the. So, we got oh, Orange Cassie, Tomohori Ishii tag teaming on Saturday. No, on Wednesday. Up next, we had a 
another interesting bout. Inner Circle taking on the men of the year, defeating them with the American Top Team. So, off the bat, (laughs) off the bat, this is a Minneapolis street fight, which is a street fight. But when the match kicks off, Scott, I don't know about you, but I don't know any match, any street fight that starts with tag rules. <laughs> I was like, did these boys forget we're in a street fight? Why are we having tags? Like, why are people just standing on the on the apron? Why aren't we all just brawling? Because that's what this is supposed to be. And then I think somebody went, oh, shit, that's right. This is the street fight. Bah! And then shit just got better but the first like five minutes i'm like guys what are you doing yeah it was weird and it just transformed it wasn't even like oh things are breaking out it was just kind of like oh yeah this isn't a tag match we should just kind of like kick the shit out of each other yeah because i looked at my phone i'm like they were all up against the ropes and now they're all over the place what the hell happened this is how it should have started yep not only that, so now that we learn the stipulations of the Minneapolis street fight, all the items there in the street fight are things that were invented in Minneapolis or I think in Minnesota in general. Yep. If I had $20 for every time I heard bunt cake pan. Ah, ah. Or toaster. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? Did they take inspiration from Mario was missing? Like, <laughs> we're getting history lessons now in the mat. Like, they just start talking about these things. Ah, oh, yes, the favorite bunt pan was invented in, like, 1904 here in Minneapolis. That's great. What's that have to do with the match? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, yeah. It was definitely something else. But, I mean, there were times I thought Dan Lambert was going to pin Jericho. I was literally on the edge of my couch waiting if that would have happened. <laughs> Again, this was another one of those picks that I just randomly made just to see if I could, you know, get an extra point. Nope. The other cool thing I liked about this match, so just before this match started, we had um, wrestling legend at the end, Baron Von Raschke, uh yes. ringside. You know, legend, especially you got to keep in mind, Minnesota. I know everyone's like, oh, they say it in every episode. It's, you know, a you know, legendary wrestling city, you know, the great wrestling city of Milton, Massachusetts. <laughs> or like, you know, just all over the place. Yeah. But people got to remember Minneapolis or, you know, Minnesota in general is the home to AWA. At one point, a company that could have rivaled WWE in the in the 80s. Yep. You know, I think most of the talent that got Vince over came from AWA. Because that's where Hulk Hogan came from. That's where um, you know, Bobby uh, Bobby Heenan came over. Actually, um, I believe Tony Schiavone might have been there at one point. Eric Bischoff started in AWA. You know, so you had him come back, and he had a great pop. The crowd was like, wow, this is like a yeah. hometown hero, legend, this and that. 
but it got even more exciting when Ethan Page came up to him and he just did the the claw and the place went mental. My God, I loved it. It was just like he did it and guy's 81 years old and that's all he had to do to get people over. That's, it was, look, that's all you need. You don't need Hulk Hogan coming out and like, you know, dropping the leg or just, all you had to do was be on the sidelines and go, pop. Yeah. Yeah. But Inner Circle got the win here. You know, I think this is, uh, most of us picked Inner Circle. I think it would have been interesting to see Dan Lambert pin Jericho. Oh, yeah. He would not. Uh, oh, my God. That would be like MJF levels of hype for himself. And he'd never he'd never shut up about that. But also, I mean, I don't think he would have been able to leave that building alive. Honestly, that, that's true, too. MJF would have. I don't think Dan Lambert. He has so much heat on him right now. Yeah. But the men of the year looked great. Keep in mind, yeah. I think this also is helping them as well. Trying to put them over. Right. I wonder if this is the end for the American Top Team AEW collaboration. Possibly. I can see Lambert sticking around with Men of the Year. But the rest of them, probably not. Yeah, this is I'm I'm kind of curious. Um I don't know if they have a like a partnership or they like they got to have something going on. Maybe cross promote. I don't watch UFC. So I don't know if they're yeah. doing anything with AEW over there. Where, like, AEW stars show up. They might have been there for the fights. So I think there was just a fight that happened recently, and I think men of the year were there. So, yeah, there might be some uh, some uh, cross-promotion going on. Marketing. So, before we get into the main event, At this point, AEW cannot, especially with no Casino Battle Royale, that's always where they debut new stars or newly signed stars. And at this point, I'm like, okay, the pay-per-view's good. It's great. It has its bumps, but it's fun. You know, this isn't something that I'm going to shit on. But there hadn't been a reveal or signing up until this point. Tony Schiavone comes out. Yep. He starts talking, and he says world champion all over on Impact and Ring of Honor, and I'm, like, sitting there. I really sat there really hard for, like, that 10, 20 seconds thinking, who the fuck is he talking about? I had no—I was just, like, not even—you said it, Scott. You said it a week or two ago, and I didn't even think of that. I'm just like, who the hell could have they signed? And when they fucking said Jay Lethal— I lost my fucking mind. So excited. Not only did Jay Lethal show up, he is all elite. Yep. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Mm. Not only is he all elite, guys. He's wrestling on Wednesday against Sammy Guevara for that TNT title. He better win. I swear to God. He better win that match. Jay Lethal, to me... And I'm not talking about, again, I'm not talking about New Japan. I'm not talking about AEW. I'm not talking about Impact. Jay Lethal, to me, is the king of the indie scene. He is ROH. Yes. He's hands down. Like, I think even after the Bucks left, 
and Hangman left. When I saw, I think it was Mass Hysteria in 2019. Marty Skull was still there, so he had a huge, he had probably the biggest pop. But after him, Jay Lethal still got a crazy pop. Yeah. Jay Lethal is the man. He just, he, he would be somebody, I would, I would, I would riot if he ever went to WWE and they fucked him up. Yeah. I think that's why he stayed away from them because they probably would have because he's not tall. He's not giant muscle person. So, yeah, but the man can talk. The man can wrestle. Like, I've been to some, uh, what was it? Uh, one of the Rumbles where uh, it was in Philly and Roman won. I don't remember what year it was, but we went to go see an ROH show and um, Lethal was there. Actually, I think Kenny Omega and the Bucks were in the main event um, in a six-man tag, but Lethal got a bigger pop than Omega and the Bucks did. I'm 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 so excited. I am so hyped right now. We have we got Jay we have Jay Lethal. Yeah. I can't wait for Wednesday. Dynamite's gonna be amazing to watch. I can't, I, yeah. I, I I and again, you know, I'm 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 all about Wyndham Rotunda showing up. I'm all about Okada showing up. But this was big. This was big. This is somebody who should be who should be in the limelight across yeah. the board. He should yeah. be an action figure that every kid has with his wrestling set. Yep. Jay Lethal is all elite. And what we're gonna see, I can't we can't even start to fathom. I know. We're gonna see Lethal and Danielson. We'll see Lethal and Cage. We'll see Lethal and Kenny. Lethal and Cole. You know, stuff that's probably happening in Ring of Honor. We're going to see this. Yeah. Many, many more eyes will be on Jay Lethal. And it's a, it's unfortunate that it's taken him 20 years to get to this this platform. But I'm very, I'm very glad that he's here. Also, I do want to point out, like, I haven't listened to too many promos from him. I've listened oh to enough. Oh but, God. like, when he came out and he's dressed and he's talking, I sat there and I just, like, Wow, I feel like I'm watching Fl- like he feels like Flair's like reincarnated. You 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 know of his, his I know off with Flair. Yeah. Like when he yeah. When he came out he's like, Shavani! I was just like, oh my god, it's Flair. It was <laughs> just, he's gonna come out and do the Flair stuff and oh my god. Do you think do you think we get it? Do you think we get it? Do you think we get black and cheese uh, at this stage in his career, no. I think it'll be more of a serious Jay Lethal, but oh my god. If people... If if you want any homework to do for wrestling, go look up some of Jay Lethal's stuff, either in Impact or in ROH, and believe me, you'll, you'll be severely entertained. Um, yeah. So good. Man, and, and, and that got... I think that was ideal, because... Even with main events as big as this one, we've been to pay-per-views where they run late. This ran late. Four-hour pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. But even on the East Coast where I was – even towards the end, it wasn't even the matches. I was just exhausted. We had like a monsoon come through the state and then tornado warnings. And I think I sent that to you. I'm like, hey, look at that. Yeah. My phone – even my TV was blowing up for, for tornado warnings in Providence. I'm like, I'm in Vermont. What? <laughs> so when we were – um. 
so towards the end, I was still, I was exhausted. I'm just like, Maybe tired. I was ready. Out of yeah. <laughs> but once Jay Lethal came out, <laughs> lethal right ejection of like, honestly, of just new life. I was just like, let's go. Yep. Fire. But we're going to talk about this quickly. Like, Well, not quickly, because it's very important. This is a day one storyline. Mm. The day one storyline. Yep. I remember, God, Scott, it's, still, it's not that long ago, but it feels like ages ago already. When you and I watched the press conference. Yep. And Conrad Thompson, you know, he's talking about, you know, we got that nose to nose with Pac and Adam Page. And Conrad's like, is Hangman Page going to be the first AEW champion? And crowd's like going nuts. It's like, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. And he's always been this close. He's always been this, this fucking close. So, like, I will say I loved this opening vignette. Yes. Where he's walking down the roads in Minneapolis and the screens are showing things. The only problem with this though, the only personal problem for me, that just spelt out the results of this match. That and Kenny's grand entrance. Uh huh. When, when that came out, I texted you like, God, that was such a big entrance. I'm like, wait, all of his biggest entrances, he loses. Right. And I was like, Ooh, Interesting. Also, make note, this might be the greatest uh, comment or fact for Adam Page ever. We're proud of you, Dash Graphics Team. Literally brought a tear to my eye. I Because they always make fun of him or have some off comment, and it's always hilarious. But when I saw that, I immediately teared up. I was like, that is fantastic. I love it so much. This is everything I wanted this to be. Yeah. This was incredible. This was phenomenal. Every Both men, especially Hank. I can't say he's a young guy because he's actually only like two months younger than I am. I'm older than Hangman Page. Oh, wow. <sighs> um, I don't know how long they're going to have the belt on him. I'm really excited for this. His journey has been one for the record books. Obviously, my concern is if he's going to do the, I'm going to defend this title every chance I get. Usually those don't last too long. Right. But this was an exciting storyline. Let's now let's get into the meat and potatoes here. Mm. Towards the end of the match, I noticed that the bucks were out there. Yep. I didn't even see them come out. I don't know if they snuck out. No, they they the camera panned to the ramp to the ramp and you saw them limp out. Um, but the funny, not really funny, but the the interesting part of this is, I believe it was on Rampage, um, where Page was talking to the Bucks after the Bucks told Adam Cole to no everything's fine we're just gonna chat we're not gonna fight. Where Page goes to the Bucks and says if you guys interfere. I, I will make it my life's miss mission to ruin you because there's been issues in the past where Adam Page stopped the Bucks from winning their, you know, winning a, a tag team match that cost them a shot at the title. They cost Page championship 
So it's like this was like the big tipping point. And I was when I saw them come out, I was like, oh, no. I'm like, don't do this. I'm like, Paige deserves this. Like, he's this is a three year journey for God's sakes. And then we get the nod. Like, when I saw that nod, I immediately got, I hopped off my couch. I'm like, here we go. This is it. And then the buckshot lariat, the one, two, three. And I like was literally running around my apartment. (laughs) That doesn't happen to me often anymore with wrestling. (laughs) I was so. So happy for him and this this three year journey to become AEW heavyweight champion. This was this was something that was unprecedented. And this is this might go down as one of the greatest storylines in AEW history. Yeah. For that online. This was this was a one of those this was like Kofi Kingston winning at Mania. Borderline mm. that. Borderline that, where you just all the odds are stocked, stacked against him, and every chance he was this close, yeah, was not going to. It was just, and this, and again, now the Bucks making the nod. This goes back to what I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. where we semi see cracks. Yeah, makes me wonder now how Omega is going to react to. The box not helping or really just kind of being there. And... But they've never, the crazy thing with the, but even when, I don't think there's ever been a case where they haven't been enemies. No, where, they, where they've been enemies. I've seen matches where they, where they're booked to wrestle each other. I forgot where it was. I think it was, was it Cody and Kenny taking on the Bucks? No. It was Jericho. Was it the Jericho cruise the first time? It was like the the Bucks of Jericho or Y2 it's Jackson. It was like taking on Kenny and somebody. They've like they've wrestled each other, but they've never been against each other. Right. I think maybe the only time they were maybe against one another was when Hangman and Omega took on the Bucks for the tag team titles way back. I say way back. That was like two years ago. But still, it was just... That may, may, may have been in that and that weird storyline with with Don Callis trying to get the Bucks to join Omega because Omega had changed. And uh, I don't know. It's I agree with you. There are definitely some cracks now. Now, I I, I want to know how this is going to play out. Yeah, I'm. We're here. This is like Christmas Day. What happens now, though? Because that's well, that's what we, we we know for sure that Ryan Danielson will eventually be challenging Adam Page for the AEW title. One that I don't think any of us really kind of expected, because AEW's done a pretty good job of doing face versus heel. Yeah. So now, when you technically have two faces. Should be interesting. Will Danielson kind of swap heel a little? Maybe I don't know. Adam Page certainly isn't. I've I've always felt Danielson since coming to AEW is could push that because remember CM Punk came in. I'm going to help the new guys. I'm going to do this. You know, very about helping the younger talent. 
Brian Danielson, I'm coming in to kick people's heads in. That is very true. That is very true. So he can be, he's a little more aggressive here, and it's exciting. And again, the pay-per-view was great. There were flubs in it. I will say, uh, all out, it's the pay-per-view of the year. Correct. All yeah, out. I would probably say this would be right. This, maybe not right behind it, but this was definitely the second best pay-per-view they had this year. Yes. And and they're getting better. Like, it's it was only, uh, for a moment, I mean, it was booked where it was like, oh, man, who would, who would you know, you know, how, how do you... I was going to take over where you and I would be like, how can they top the last one? How can they top the last one? Right. This year, they could have done some work to top it. Right. But it was still it was still in the ballpark. Yeah. If All Out was an A, this would be a B plus. Yeah. And the one thing, another thing I do want to point out with the with the four pay per views they have. I'm going to get shot by the wrong people saying this, but I think people, uh, I need people to realize I'm not comparing it. Apple. I'm, I'm making sure I'm comparing apples to oranges here, different time frames, different talent. This is how I remember the big four used to, used to feel like we had these long story, even though you had even the pay-per-views, even the in-between pay-per-views always helped with the buildup. They don't have that. They only have the shows. So, what, like, I went over my friend's house, and I'm like, oh, man, it's, it's full gear day. Like, it was, like, one of those things. I bought popcorn. I bought chips. We bought – like, we just were, like, just excited. Like, it just – and the hype is there. And most of the time, the crowd is there, too. Yep. You know, the fact that they're cheering, this is awesome, holy shit, in the first match. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's incredible. It's and this is what I like about it. I hope they stick to four. I hope they never change it from four. I mean, if they were to do anything, I'd change the name Revolution. I mean, it's okay, but like that's the one name I would change. Full Gear, I know, is the one we're all like, why? I mean, I know why because that's BTE thing. But Full Gear is also, I don't know. But that aside, I do want to point out I don't have updated rankings. They have them from the twelfth. Yeah, I don't think they'll put them out until I think they put them out on Fridays. I think. Yeah. So I, I just just looking at what we have now. So right now this is going off a of pre. This is from the twelfth. So this is Friday. Yeah. I don't know if this is pre or post rampage. Um, probably pre. Probably I'm assuming pre. Yeah. So we got Kenny, Sammy, champions. Mm-hmm. We have Hangman, Miro, Danielson, Scorpio Sky, Orange Cassidy. I know somehow when you lose a match against a champion, I think that knocks you down somehow. I don't know how that plays out. I, I think it, yeah, it knocks him down a little bit. Uh, obviously, Brian Anderson will be now number one. Mm-hmm. Um, Miro probably will drop down a little bit because he lost. Maybe even drop down to three. Kenny will probably go to two. Um, but now we have, like, looking at that, though, okay, we got Danielson up front. You know Miro's coming for that title still. Yeah. Scorpio Sky is in line. Mm. Somebody who I think should be an AEW champion. Orange. But Cass- he lost though. He did. He so did. He probably will fall out. Cassidy. 
he didn't wrestle in the pay-per-view, but <clears throat> and he also lost his match on Friday too. Interesting. I, I'm looking forward to this uh, this new ranking. We might have four out of the four out of five new people. Yeah, and I'm just going off of this list. I'm just like looking at this. I'm like, these are who are right here. Yeah, yeah. But this is gonna shift. Oh so yeah. You and I could be talking about <clears throat> five completely new people. Yep. I feel like this is one of those things where we've come full circle with a lot. Mm. Like this, this feels like it's going to be the start of a fresh, fresh everything. Yeah. And I'm super excited. Um, I want to jump back quickly. We talked about Eddie Guerrero, uh, you know, tributes. I think the one that I almost, I almost started tearing up for, I want to bring this up. So at the end of the Minneapolis street fight there, um, where Jericho did the frog splash. Yep. You know, I think well, he, pin, he pinned Lambert, if I'm not, not yeah. mistaken. Yep. <clears throat> that might be the most I think I've seen, or the closest I've seen Jericho actually cry on camera. Because he looked up, the whole time after he won the match, he's just staring into the... Into the, yeah, to the rafters, yeah. You could see him say, I love you, I miss you, this yep. is for you. <sighs> I know, I know. In the words of so, Andrew, you know, if he was in AEW, he'd be used right. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting, you know, thing to think about. Like, would would he even still be wrestling at this point? Would he have already been transitioned to a uh, you know like a producer, or would he just would have retired from the business? It's it's one of those stories to think of, and I mean, yeah, it's. I, there's a lot here that we could talk about because, you know, he just became, he was, he was so over mm. for WWE to let go of him. That would have been a travesty. Yeah. But again, you know, Kurt Angle was big and he went to impact and became their first champion. Right. So imagine the shit he could have done an impact. True. Could you imagine? Yep. Impact might be where AEW is now. If that was the case. Mm-hmm. You never know. Like, could you imagine Eddie Guerrero wrestling a young... Put the lotion on, folks. Eddie Guerrero wrestling a young AJ Styles. Or Samoa Joe. Or Christopher, or Christopher Daniels. Daniels. Frank Kazarian. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we were both like, You know, there's, there's a lot that could have been done. Or... You know, like a lot of talent, he could have been in Japan. True. He could have wrestled That's a young Japan Shinsuke. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, he he could have gone anywhere. He could have we could have done more Ring of Honor shows. True. You no, know, he Ring of Honor could have blown up if he went there and stayed there. That's true. We will never know. Unfortunately. We will never know. I mean, the amount of painkillers that guy was on. You know, he could have. He might, you know, he, he might, he might, he might be like Lex Luger in like wheelchair bound. I don't know who's to say, but I thought it was very important to bring that up. Great pay per view. I think this is like closes a lot of story arcs. Yes. Yeah, we're definitely going into 
um, like a, almost a clean slate. Started with Dynamite this Wednesday. Not a Vince Russo clean slate either. An actual good clean slate. Everyone still has their titles. Don't worry. It's true. But I'm I'm excited. Now we got Revolution, which I don't think they even mentioned on the pay per view. No, they didn't talk. They didn't talk anything, which is like you said, is strange. Normally they they at least drop the the date of the pay per view. They did say this is the last one of the year, which is understandable. I believe they normally have that in what February. Yes, but they've already announced Double or Nothing. Well, I mean, don't, like you said, it's their flagship show. That is their WrestleMania. So, I mean, that kind of makes sense that they don't have a they don't have a date for it yet, but they've announced that it's in Vegas, which it always should be. So, we'll see. I think we should, I don't know, think about that. You know, yeah, Vegas is a cool spot to go to. Uh, I've been there once, so I would like to make it a second trip. Yeah, I heard we can make quite an impact there, too. Maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe, yeah. But let's – this is – I'm excited. I can't wait to see what happens on Wednesday. The fallout's going to be nuts. Mm. We want to know your thoughts, guys. Also, who's your god now? (laughs) Me. Still a tie, Sam. It's still a tie. Well, you know, probably not after Survivor Series, but we'll see. Watch Zach win Survivor Series. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah, watch that. I want to figure out a three. We'll have to find technicalities. We have to do breakdowns. We might yeah, actually we'll... have to go into the numbers. I know. We have win to lost percentages. percentages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Please let us know what you think, and don't forget, as always, to follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Above the Ring. Find myself as the SOB official and Scott at Scotty J Stream on Twitter. Don't forget to follow our friends back to the ring. Like I said, they take you back to old matches and put a new talent and rebook them and see if they come out with the same outcomes. They don't because some of us get extra points for doing so. We are on all streaming platforms. There's something streaming platform or just a platform in general you don't see us on. Let us know. We will put ourselves on there. And start interacting with you all. You know, Discord. I know you know social media is in this weird place right now. If there's a social media platform, we'll go anywhere at this point. And we'll go back to MySpace. Um, on your streaming device, your streaming platform, your mobile device, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. Tell people why Ship It Studios, Back to the Ring, and Above the Ring on the podcast if you're choosing and why they should listen to us as well. Thank you for listening. Full gear, coming gone. The fallout is following up. Don't forget to ship it. And as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.